0: episode 38 christmas cities or stockings stuffed with terror (laughs) everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price Ba <laughs> i felt like i i always say this i feel like i always have a better pun in my back pocket or some sort of wordplay but yeah in this case i'm just going with christmas cities
1: i like christmas cities it is what it is
0: It is what it is. And, well, yeah, there's a lot of Christmas cities out there. Oh, my gosh, there are so many. Well, hello, Night-Americans. This is Night-America. I'm Aaron Sagers, co-host. I'm Britt. Joined, as always. Co-host. And, yeah, have you ever lived near or in a Christmas? I've lived in a Christmas city.
1: Oh, you lived in Bethlehem?
0: I did indeed live in Bethlehem. I just took a drink of coffee. I don't know if my swallowing is going to be audible on... On this, but uh, yes, I did live in Bethlehem, and my brother, during the time that I lived in Bethlehem, PA, or Bethlehem, my brother lived in North Pole, Alaska.
1: That's amazing. I don't think I've ever lived near a Christmas city, or maybe I did and like didn't know it. I lived in Georgia, which is the state where my story takes place, but I was nowhere near the city.
0: Well, there's is there a Nazareth, Georgia? there's a nazareth somewhere out there oh is there there is and so yeah well that's uh that was the least climactic build-up just asking about names and cities yeah it is i think it's because i'm a little bit cold i'm and i'm fighting off a cold you're fighting off a
1: cold oh no did you get your flu shot
0: no i should do that
1: you should do that i'm not
0: an i'm not an anti-vaxxer i'm just absent-minded and flighty so it's you know <laughs> it's like nature's anti-vaxxing
1: <laughs> my or... nanny who was a nurse my grandma i call her nanny not like i'm not like a 30 year old with a um, big um but my nanny was a nurse and she told me that I should get my flu shot, especially this year, because you can get COVID and the flu.
0: Wow, so, okay, it's a double whammy. Yeah, All I right. got it. Thanks, For Nanny. Sure. From Nanny to Americans. Nanny Thank loves you, a Nanny. true
1: crime, too, but yeah? she doesn't listen to the podcast because I swear, and I think that would upset her. <laughs>
0: and you talk about naughty things, like true. sex.
1: I do and... not want Nanny to hear
0: that. But you know what Nanny should hear, and I think she would appreciate <laughs> the fact that America is brought to you in part by Manscaped and <laughs> Nanny. Oh my God. I just almost
1: spit out my coffee. Don't talk about Manscaped with my sweet grandma. She quilts.
0: Well, she probably grew up in a time when no one was manscaping. Oh, we have or no. I'm cutting
1: this out. A, That's so gross. A veritable,
0: a veritable forest. Do down not there bring with nanny the,
1: into this. She's with the, so the sweet. The men,
0: the gentlemen. I'm not bringing nanny into it. I'm saying nanny would probably appreciate Ew. in the time that she was growing up that if if men had been taking care of their their bits.
1: No, I'm pieces. not. I'm not going along with this. This
0: it's no. okay. I'm. I'm just saying. <laughs> nanny grew up in a time, and and I think you know what? Here we are. We're in the 21st century. We have amazing vaccines. <laughs> we
1: this is we, the worst intro we've ever done.
0: <laughs> really? Because I actually think it's pretty good. Now that we hit this stride <laughs> of making you feel awkward about n- nanny and manscaped. We should do a whole ad where nanny talks about manscaping. Absolutely. And
1: no.
0: wow. Well, see, this is good when I can make you feel awkward <laughs> and embarrassed
1: instead of me always making you feel awkward and embarrassed.
0: You don't make me feel embarrassed. It's just I have I have more boundaries about what some of the things I'm willing to talk about. Yeah,
1: I've literally no boundaries.
0: Literally. literally. You have no boundaries. Yes. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'll share something. This could get me in trouble. I'll share something. Oh, my God. Yes. I was having a Thanksgiving dinner. We haven't even gotten to the topic yet, but <laughs> let, let's just go for it. So I had a limited Thanksgiving dinner, and I had some family members over, and I was mentioning Manscaped. And I don't know if I told you this. No. I was mentioning Manscaped, and, and there was initial guffaws <laughs> from... Some family members, oh, uh, I, don't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is so wrong? Yeah, what's wrong about with that? With taking care of, you know, we, I, I think that unfairly so men, well, straight men expect when they are dating a lady to be groomed. Yeah. And, and to not pay that same attention to yourself is not only anachronistic antiquated it's chauvinistic i would say but i'm like what? so you just like it's just like an untamed ew forest down there i am asking of my family members and like well you know i just use a a razor i'm like so you want ingrown hairs and razor bumps and cuts down there
1: mix the nugs
0: I didn't bring up did indeed bring up the the you know don't nick your nugs and this the skin
1: safe uh, ceramic blade in the lawnmower three
0: exactly and I, <laughs> I did mention that. I did mention that. I said that because of the ceramic blade, it's less likely to nick your nugs. See, we in Night America land, we actually live the product. We don't just yeah. we don't just talk about it. Anyhow, so here's the other thing about this. This'll I think this will appall you. So here's here's the worst part. And then another family member was like, well, I remember this one time that, oh, God, I can't even believe I'm saying this just because it makes me gag a little bit. and just Oh, like, and no. I remember one time I just used the comb and like uh, a lighter just to burn off the excess. And I'm like, what kind of monster are you?
1: Ew.
0: I agree, Britt. I agree. I'm and, and and I'm like and who would want to be near you in the smell of your singed <gasps>
1: n- no bits.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm like not. and plus plus the, the Christmas lyric roasting chestnuts on an open fire <laughs> is not to be taken literally.
1: You know what's so funny. I've been watching like a ton of Hallmark movies. I know, come at me, it's fine. But they roast chestnuts in, like, every single one of these movies. I did not know that was, like, a thing people actually did.
0: I'm not going to come at you. I'm, I'm, uh, there's nothing wrong with Hallmark movies. I'm Nothing, uh, I don't judge. But, yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's such a trope of Christmas. I never did it. I mean, I have done it. We never it. did it. I have done it, but I never did it growing up. Chestnuts weren't really a thing in Florida. And, and I... I'm, I don't want to stir up controversy amongst the pro chestnut crowd, but <laughs> I don't even really think chestnuts are all that great.
1: What do they taste like? I don't know if I've ever had one.
0: I can't even really say that I have a distinct taste memory of chestnuts, just sort of.
1: Is it like the spices they're cooked with kind of thing?
0: Maybe, I'd, I don't know, maybe whoever was roasting the chestnuts with me was doing it wrong, but I don't recall. A, a distinct spice it's not like a christmasy mm. flavor in my opinion maybe mm. maybe it's just all been done wrong i will say that i am pro eggnog and it kind of disgusts me a little bit i know you're not you've yeah. got you've got
1: i'm weird with texture
0: you've got yeah definitely some consistency or uh yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a,
1: mayonnaise it's a hard no.
0: Your, like, viscous liquids Ew. are just not a thing for you.
1: No. Gross.
0: It's kind of... But I thick. love
1: a hot toddy. We've well, been yeah. making hot toddies at home. It's great.
0: Have you ever had eggnog?
1: No. I won't. That's so gross.
0: So eggnog is... There's, there's like, classic recipes to it that are not as thick as sort of the modern-day store-bought eggnog. And they also involve rum a lot of times or some love sort of rum. bourbon. Yeah, me too. But as much as I enjoy those, the I have to say that I grew up with the store-bought carton eggnog, which is really thick and it's... I don't know if guar gum has a particular mm. flavor. It definitely has a consistency, mm-hmm. and it so it's very thick. So it's like you pour it out of the bottle, the jug, and it's like glug 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 glug. <laughs> oh, I actually and just kind of hit my
1: gag reflex.
0: Oh really? <laughs> the glug glug. Ew. And so, but I liked it. I liked the. It's like one of those things that I've had good versions of it, but sort of the cheap version of it yeah. is what I remember and what I kind of like. And I haven't gotten any in this season just yet. I haven't gotten any eggnog. Mm -mm. I've not really made a hot toddy either.
1: Yeah, I've made quite a few hot toddies. It's been chilly here in New York, so.
0: Yeah, well, I'm I'm still visiting Florida right now. I've yet to return to my home in New York, but it is actually rather chilly down here too, which is kind of a ripoff, I have to say. Yeah, that
1: is a ripoff. Although I will say it's 70 degrees in Arizona, and my family was wearing puffer vests when I FaceTimed them the other day. So chilliness is all individual, I guess.
0: Relative. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yes, it is. My mother, God her. she doesn't listen to the podcast, so I can bring her in as a character. (laughs) Whenever, whether it's New York, Florida, she does love talking about the weather, and she will always like when especially in new york like oh is it is it getting cold i could really go for some cold down here i'm like mom you could not you live in florida you've lived in florida for a long time and you don't know what cold is anymore like cold new york cold you say that you want it cold but you don't you would not be able to survive in the cold that we have to deal with in new york it's true hey but i'm pro new york anyhow so even though i'm not there right now so yeah yeah. Okay. Well, hey, Uh. we're going to talk about, we pretty much have been talking about the topic, which is going to be Christmas cities and Christmas themed cities. Yeah. And, and, but before we get into the stories, how about some news, some news of the weird? And news I think, I think this is me, isn't it? This is it my is job. It is you. And, well, that's okay, because I have a good news story for you. I think you're going to like it. Okay. And it's. You know, it's new news. This is like really just oh my god, breaking! Is... Right, I've been waiting for that that particular <laughs> sound effect. So, uh, folks out there, I just want you to know that's not on a soundboard. No, I not know it, me. Sounds, that's it sounds that's like professionally so legit. professionally engineered yeah. news break. <laughs> Wait, <is that> <laughs> Now it just sounds like jazz, like we're scattering. Zip up a deep Brits. Dateline Israel, former Israeli space Syrac back. I missed it. I'm gonna do that again.
1: Just do it normal.
0: Dat- well, no. Where's the fun in that? Okay, okay. You did the bibbip, bu- 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 bu-
1: <militar Orchestra> <noise>
0: which also sounds like the McDonald's. But <laughs> You're loving it. We didn't get paid for that Not one. sponsored.
1: Sure. Give me a Big Mac.
0: No. <laughs> um I I have a uh I I'm not going to go off on that tangent. <laughs> I feel like every week It's probably me. Every week I set out saying like we're going to get to this topic. We're going to get to it fast. We're going to make this this, you know, really nice and lean. And then it becomes a tangent palooza where i'm like well you know but before we get to the topic (laughs) let me tell you this story about something last week was good
1: though we really kept to it last week i was proud of us
0: you're saying that now you're suggesting people don't like the tangents
1: no i think people actually really love the tangents
0: well then i'll tell you a tangent okay well since you set me up for that (laughs) one brett before i get to the news i'll keep it real short uh i was recently out and about in Florida, actually, not out, out, out and about. I've been responsible and only keeping to outdoor spaces. But I was at an outdoor drinking establishment, <laughs> and I had a enough that I have a car down here in Florida that I decided. Well, okay, I've had a couple drinks. So I'm not going to drive. Smart and smart. Try to be responsible. Yep. and I got an Uber. And it was only a couple minute drive away, maybe 10, 15 minute drive away. I had the Uber because social media, man. So, like, social media reached me this time. It, I was advertised to and it freaking worked because I saw a McRib advertisement and I had the Uber driver. Pull through a McDonald's drive-through <laughs> for the first fast food stop I've done in literally years. That's amazing. To get a McRib and no, not only a McRib in my somewhat inebriated state, but also an order of fries well, and a duh. chocolate milkshake.
1: Duh. And
0: and then I was hating myself for the next several days. Don't as hate felt yourself. Like I, I well, I was when but. Joe
1: Biden won. Devon and I got very drunk, and we were drunk and watching John Mulaney because that's what we do.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't sound all that bad. So it was
1: awesome. I love John Mulaney so much, and we were like starving, and it was like so late, and we got McDonald's delivered. and Let me tell you, I did not hate myself. That was one of the best decisions I've ever made.
0: I would not agree with that as far as I would definitely not put it in the top. 50 of my best decisions ever made <laughs> unless unless i was actively making the decision of you know i really want to feel like i've just rubbed a uh, bucket of grease all over my skin Just uh, your hands. if i was making that decision then yes but hey mcdonald's advertised with us well i mean hey, it was good know,
1: we're making it was literally because good last week we really badmouthed grimace and hamburglar so we're just oh, you yeah. know coming up with it
0: I would. I mean, it was tasty, and that milkshake was actually very much the bomb. And I won't lie; like something else, I did in my inebriated state was dip a French fry into the milkshake, and
1: <coughs> I just choked on my coffee.
0: That's a when thing, you, you didn't said know that.
1: it was very much the bomb. Like, hello, fellow kids, this is very much the bomb.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's that's just how I talk. I say weird things. Don't judge me. <laughs> Anyhow, Dateline Israel: Former Israeli space security chief says extraterrestrials exist, and Trump knows about it. So this is this is NBC News, but this is all over the place. This is a uh, this is burning up the the news wires, as the kids say. So this this report comes from NBC News, and a former Israeli space security chief has, oh, this is this is a, cheek, a little bit of a cheeky line here, guys, writers, has sent eyebrows shooting heavenward <laughs> by saying, somebody needed a better editor on that one, by saying that Earthlings, this is cool, former Israeli space security chief, saying Earthlings, that's us, have been in contact with extraterrestrials from, quote, this is a quote, a galactic federation.
1: Jeez.
0: He goes on to say his name is Haim Ashed Haim Ashed and he was a former head of the Israel Defense Ministry Space Directorate. So he had a pretty legit job. Yeah. Quote Quote The unidentified flying objects have asked not to publish publish that they are here, but humanity is not ready yet. This interview ran in Hebrew. And it was published it, by the Jerusalem Post. And he says, The aliens are equally curious about humanity and seeking to understand the fabric of the universe. Is that all? That's, you know, aren't we all trying to understand the fabric Honestly. of the universe? Although but- that also sounds like a bit of like what a, a college student, is doing yeah, when they're really just spending like six years, seven years on their undergrad, they're like, I'm just trying to find myself, yes. man. I'm just trying to find, understand the fabric of the universe, man.
1: No judgment just, to, if any of those people listen to us.
0: No. No. Sorry. Especially, <laughs> especially if your name is Grimace and you're associated with McDonald's. No offense. But <laughs> the, okay, so also apparently there is so there's this this kind of cooperative agreement between us and the aliens, so they don't want us to talk about them, about them yet, our, our governments, because we're not ready. But there is an agreement, and there is an underground base in the depths of Mars. What? And in that underground base, American astronauts are there as well as what? alien representatives.
1: Okay, I don't know about this.
0: And... Here is the other thing. This, I mean, this is legitimately this news. From? This is NBC News, but this is, this is, this is being covered by all the news outlets. This mm-hmm. is kind of a big deal as far as a news story. I'm not saying it's real, but the fact that it was somebody in a legitimate position of power saying all this is notable, to say the least. He I mean, goes on. Notable,
1: but Trump is also in a legitimate position of power. And he's well, says a you're lot right. of stuff.
0: Well, speaking of Trump, Ashed said that Donald Trump, who would have been briefed on this, was on the, quote, on the verge of revealing this information, but was asked not to in order to prevent mass hysteria. Quote, they have been waiting until today for humanity to develop and reach a stage where we will understand in general... What space and spaceships are? All right, that's that's throwing a little bit of a shit. That's that's a little patronizing. Aliens. Yeah, I no, know.
1: I know what they but,
0: are. But they're right. They're I've right. We're them not
1: mysteries.
0: We're not ready for the Galactic Federation. I'll be the first one to say that. We're we're not even ready to. I mean, we can't even wear a piece of fabric right. over our face to protect one another. So we're definitely not ready for a Galactic Federation. But the. So far, the Department of Defense and Israeli officials have not responded to these news stories yet. But now, okay, he did, it is worth noting, he did have a book to sell. He wrote a book in November Mm -hmm. called The Universe Beyond Mm -hmm. the Horizon, Conversations with Professor Haim Ashed. But still, this is pretty freaking big that he's coming out and saying all this. And here's the other thing that I will say. We do recall that Trump was all fired up about starting a Space Force. Yes. Now, maybe part of that is just to put his name on everything and walk away saying he created Space Force. That is quite possible. But it is interesting that he was so into that notion. And I definitely think if there were going to be anyone who would blurt out the fact that... Oh, for sure. Aliens are real. It would be, it would be Trump. Totally. So this is, this is pretty cool. This is a pretty big deal. And humanity is not ready yet. That's a big takeaway. I believe that.
1: Yeah, I believe that too.
0: But you're not on board with the underground base on Mars?
1: No. Why? I don't know. That feels very suspect. I need more information.
0: Why? Well, you can't because they're not ready for us to have more information. And it's being kept underground.
1: I don't know. An underground... I mean, there's no... You can't survive on Mars.
0: That's what you believe. There, I mean, there's a lot of theories that there were subterranean civilization. I mean, that part's nothing new, that there would be subterranean life under the surface of Mars. I mean, what would make you feel better is if you personally... If someone knocked on your door and it was a man in black, and he's like, by the way, sprit, it's all real. It's legit. Underground bases... All of it.
1: Yeah, I don't know, because like pictures wouldn't help, because no. everyone says the moon landing is fake. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I need I need more information.
0: Well, you're not going to get it until you have, <laughs> I guess, top secret classification. security clearance. Yeah, security clearance, yeah? Or unless they just come into your store or knock on your door and say, "By the way, it's all legit." But then you wouldn't believe it.
1: Then I won't believe it.
0: Well, there you go. I felt like you should have been more impressed by that. It's freaking huge. <laughs> Galactic Federation. <laughs>
1: Sorry, guys.
0: Galactic Federation. Hey, that's a big headline, but not for Brit.
1: No. Nope.
0: Not for Brit. All right, well, how about that. how about before we get to the story, let's do an uh, hear from our, our sponsors. Okay. We are back back. and let's dip into Christmas cities. I'm sure Brett's story is going to be cheery (laughs) and it's really going to fill us with seasonal joy about a Christmas city. I'm I'm just cozied up (sighs) in a nice Chris Evans like sweater ready to hear this by the fire, maybe with some chestnuts that have no discernible flavor Lay it on me, Britt. What's the story? You're
1: going to be disappointed because this story is a real bummer. Oh, great. Um, The town where it takes place, though, is quite lovely. It takes place in Santa Claus, Georgia.
0: It's a good way to cushion the blow about the horrible things.
1: Santa Claus is adorable. It's a tiny town. It is 0.2 square miles. That's so little.
0: (laughs) <laughs> and there's a big butt on the way.
1: Um, it's slightly west of central Georgia. In the 2010 census, they counted 165 people. Uh in 1941, a local pecan farmer. Do you say pecan or pecan?
0: I say both because okay. while I was raised in the South, I also use sort of the the um the generic American accent for yeah. it. So it depends on the audience. But I I did have a job picking pecans.
1: Oh. Back
0: back in the day. Very in Santa Claus? No. No. In Tifton, Georgia.
1: Oh, um
0: a very prized version of of pecans that were picked there. And yes, there was a famous murder there too. Sadly. Yeah. Sadly. Uh that that's a whole other story we could talk about That's a whole
1: podcast series with Payne Lindsay.
0: Well, right, and my weird little connection into that story as well but anyhow
1: anyway um okay so 1941 a local pecan farmer and a motel owner changed the name of the city to santa claus to draw tourist traffic and renamed the streets candy cane road prancer suite prancer suite prancer street um it's a small sweet town uh but what happened on december 4th 1997 would change the lives of its residents forever here we go Danny Daniels. Yes, that's his name. Was a mail carrier in Santa Claus and he's like the strong but silent type, like that typical strong but silent Georgia man. Um and he was a single father to a teenage daughter. He met a woman named Kim who was a mother of 3 in an alcoholics anonymous and they just were like a really good match. They accepted each other for who they were, their scars, their history. Um, and we're excited to make a new life together. Kim Daniels grew up in foster care, and when she married Danny, she knew she wanted to take in foster care children of her own, especially ones who were hard to place, and give them the loving home she always wanted. Kim was also super passionate about Christmas, because growing up in foster care, she never really had that magical holiday, so she would Just, like, go all out every holiday season and make things, like, so special for the foster kids that were in her care. And December of 1997 was no exception. Except the early morning of December 4th, Bacon County, Georgia, police were driving along a highway and found three girls on the side of the road. Amanda, who was eight, Brooke, who was nine, and Amber, who was ten. They immediately called Santa Claus Police Department, saying we have three girls here who claim to be from Santa Claus. Here's their home address. We want you to do a welfare check on the family. So the police raced over and the house is eerie. It is dark. The front door is open. The police officer walks in and he hears the alarm system going off, music playing from a radio, and a baby crying yeah it just makes your stomach drop sounds very if, if you have trouble with stories that involve children like maybe just fast forward to aaron's story because this is sad um
0: i have trouble with <laughs> stories involving children <laughs> do you uh, wanna, what's my do what's you, my out <laughs>
1: do you want to get roxy in here and i can just tell the story to your dog
0: she just put headphones on her and her. yeah actually, actually yes i i most definitely want to do that i want to put
1: actually i, should, I think we, indy would be more okay roxy is like such a sweet little nugget i think indy would be better off to hear this story she's tougher man she's scrappy
0: Roxy's. well i don't know maybe she's not she's not tougher i don't know we're gonna indy go into is a whole tougher other dog than roxy no, that's not true. Yes, Roxy's it is true. Just, Roxy's more stoic. Actually, Indy is, young Indiana is still, is more, she's more um, easily freaked out, actually. Hmm. She's, Roxy is just more stoic. She's chilled out. Hmm. But, and that's also an age thing, I guess. Yeah. However, whichever dog it is, I most definitely want to <laughs> plant them on a chair with the headphones on. And you just and, go
1: have a coffee
0: well and i just like the idea of just the visual of that i love the idea
1: can we do that for a patreon
0: dog casting
1: oh my god let's do that for a patreon that would be so funny
0: we i might have to try to figure out the logistics (laughs) of that and wow okay anyway back to the horribleness of this story (laughs) Sorry, we just had a nice little uh nice little bit of merriment let's go back to the the tragedy
1: So the officer picks the child up out of the crib, brings him to his partner outside, and heads back to the home. That's where he finds Kim and Danny deceased in their bed. Um, The town is just absolutely shaken. Who would do this to this, like, lovely couple who have overcome so much? Um, So they start by interviewing the girls. Amber tells police that a family friend named Scott woke her up that morning and said, someone broke into your house. I need to get you out of here. And he takes her and two of her sisters, the, the ones that were found on the road, into his van. They knew him, so they trusted him. He played with the kids. He was always friendly with them. And so they go in the car with him. And she says in the interview that I watched, at 10, you don't know whether to panic or not. You just follow until the next thing happens. Which, of course you would. While driving, Amber says Scott pulls off the side of the road and drives under a bridge. Takes her outside, tells her to take her clothes off. He molests and rapes Amber, and when he's done, tells her to get dressed, kicks the other girls out of the car, and leaves them on the side of the road. Police start canvassing neighbors, and one woman says a man named Scott came to church with this family. They thought, she thought he was odd because he didn't talk to any of the adults. He only played with the children. Um, And earlier that year, -year 10-year-old Joanna Mosley was living with the Daniels family for a few weeks. Her family was alcoholics and really troublesome. They were frequently visited by child protection workers. So they decided to remove her from the home. She had an older brother, uh, Jerry Heidler, who was 20. And he would come to visit her sometimes just to kind of keep the family feeling together for her. But uh, Jerry was taking an interest in Danny's 16 year old daughter, Jessica. Um, It was completely unrequited. Jessica was not interested. She was kind of afraid of him. And so Danny kicked Jerry out and said he was no longer able to come and visit his sisters. The mother of Joanna and Jerry came back and neighbor said she got in a huge fight with the Daniels in their front yard. So immediately Mike Harlan decides to dig into who this Jerry Heidler is. A lot of red flags are kind of piling up in the fact that he would only talk to children at 20 years old. Um, So when they pull up his history of, you know, police reports, DUIs, things like that, they find his full name is Jerry Scott Heidler. Um, the police take this man's mugshot to the three girls and they say, yes, this is the man who took us. Uh, they race back to his mother's home where they find him hiding in a crawl space under the floorboards. Uh, they also go back to the bridge where Amber was assaulted. They find semen on site and they're able to connect it via DNA to him. There were also cigarette butts and fingerprints in the house that they were able to connect to him too. He's charged with four counts of murder, three counts of kidnapping, and burglary. He confesses to coming through the bathroom window, trying to kidnap Jessica, but she refused to go with him. So he shoots her with a gun from the family's own gun cabinet. Then he goes into Kim and Danny's room, shoots them, and then goes into another room where he shot one of their other foster sons named Brian. He said he didn't kill everyone simply because he ran out of shells. So he then took the other girls that were older because he knew that they were able to identify him leaving that baby. Um, They take him to court. And on September 3rd, 1999, the jury deliberates for 20 minutes before finding him guilty. That's literally the time it probably took for the jury to stand up, walk out, walk into the room. They're all just standing there, yeah, he's guilty. Yep, and walk back into the room. So good. Like there's no hesitation. Mm-hmm. Um they find him guilty and invoke the death penalty. Uh Jerry Scott Heidler is currently sitting on Georgia's death row at the moment. Um he hasn't been executed yet, but there he will stay forever until he dies. Um, and that's the really horrible story of the murder in Santa Claus, Georgia.
0: Well, fuck, <laughs> Brit.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't really know what to say. It's, like, very upsetting. The Amber, who uh, I watched an interview with, like it just breaks your heart yeah wow i don't even yeah yeah so that's the true crime story
0: i have to say like i am not uh politically i am not a proponent of the death penalty penalty i'm not i'm not a proponent (laughs) of the death penalty but there are the you hear some of these yeah. monstrous stories where I mean we say at the top of the show monstrous humans you hear about these monstrous yes. humans and you know this is one of those moments Ugh. where it really tests your your opinion about the death penalty. Yeah. But yeah. But I also feel like it's well Cost more expo- It's, it's more expensive more money, to execute yeah, someone as opposed to keeping them alive. Plus, some of these people, I would rather them just exist. Ugh, me too. Instead of instead prison of justice, given the out,
1: prison justice but, does not fare well for people who hurt children. So,
0: no, I don't know how I feel about. I mean, not that I want to advocate that either, no. but but I almost think it's don't not giving someone the out of
1: yeah. Of, Live with what you. moving did.
0: them from the world, but so did he have a history of mental illness or something that they would believe would at least lay some sort of groundwork for this kind of not that it excuses it, but that would that would explain some of this on some psychological level.
1: Yeah, a uh, forensic psychologist that testified said he had eight of the nine symptoms of borderline personality disorder including uncontrolled anger um he also would do like anything he could to avoid abandonment which i'm sure probably comes from you know his upbringing so i feel like with that that kind of makes sense that he would try to take jessica because then you know he's not by himself he would have this person so he Also had past experience of mutilating himself. um, And he had imaginary friends, which I'm not judging. But with everything else, you know, that kind of comes with it. He also had a pet mouse that he carried around. But I I had a pet hamster that I would always carry around. So, again, I'm not judging that.
0: that. That humanizes him. Which is really the thing about the... I am in no way... Excusing, of course, what he did, and in no way saying he's not a deeply disturbed person, but there is that part of you that always wishes somebody who could have helped Mm -hmm. this person had gotten to him earlier and and prevented this from happening, getting him on the right meds, getting him in the right facility, getting him the attention before it got to this. And I think that's
1: hard too. It speaks to our system because he came from a low income, low education family, and those are often overlooked. And that's just not fair.
0: It's it's messed up. And well this was not a cheery I think I pitched this idea (laughs) and let's talk about Christmas cities. And I think I had I'm starting to regret it. Well, as we
1: leave Santa Claus, Georgia, for your city, I also want to point out Aaron was looking at pictures of this town. And as you leave town, it's the sign says Santa Claus, Georgia, the place that loves children.
0: Yeah, that's just so, that's so creepy. Deeply. Yeah. Upsetting. Just, yeah. Everything about this is pretty upsetting. <laughs> well, before we head into my story, let me just say like I something that I've not quite figured out with this podcast and. <laughs> I imagine you're probably better at it. I don't know. Listening to My Favorite Murder and Sinisterhood, how to balance the humor with this horribly crushing, depressing story. And I feel like after hearing all these things, it's like, okay, so on a lighter note, let's or like how they, to transition out of it. Like, they end just with like, like
1: fucking hooray that's like how they end the podcast with their like fucking hooray of the week
0: after that i'm just like okay uh poop and fart and dick jokes (laughs) let's just you know say (laughs) something really stupid to
1: let's talk about transition grimace
0: right so well okay (laughs)
1: brought to you by Manscaped. And to talk about the men's grooming kits, we have one of its fiercest fans, Mr. Lawrence Talbot, an actual werewolf from London.
0: Right, love. Cheers for having me on, although I prefer lycanthrope. The whole WW word is a bit unseemly. Although, I should also note I have been an American citizen for a while. Ah, so that would explain that almost indistinguishable British accent. Anyhow, Larry, I'm surprised you're in wolf form even though there's not a full moon out. That's yes, right. Well, I used to view my condition as a bit of a curse, but with all the hair everywhere. But with the Manscaped lawnmower 3.0 and its durable, skin-safe ceramic blade, which has small teeth unlike myself, I can be quite the dapper wolf, with my crown jewels, if you will, remaining secure. Now I actually prefer to stay in wolf form permanently.
1: Pardon me for saying so, but you have a lot of hair. It must take you forever to groom.
0: Most certainly. It takes quite a bit of time. Thankfully, the lawnmower 3.0 holds a 90-minute charge, so I've all the time in the world. And with the built-in LED light, I can even see on a moonless night as I... As I trim my my dolly bits, my undercarriage, my John Thomas. Right, right, we get it. Wolfman's got nards.
1: And with Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0's waterproof technology, you can even clean up in the moors on a rainy English or American night.
0: It's perfectly splendid, isn't it? And speaking of moors, I still do enjoy taking a bite out of the occasional backpacker. But with the Crop Preservable Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Spray Toner, Any passers-by that comes close will only smell the aroma of the freshest dingly bits. But don't take our word for it, or even that of a gentleman lycanthrope.
1: Because with the code NIGHTMERICA, you can get 20% off a Manscaped order and receive free shipping. Head to manscaped.com and enter code NIGHTMERICA, and you can check out their anti-chafing boxer briefs, weed whacker nose hair trimmer, and crop cleanser hair and body wash, all from...
0: Wolf manscaped. No, only from manscaped. Manscaped. The right tools for the job. Uh, this. This is <laughs> less less depressing, guys. So here we go. Here we go. Here's here's a pop quiz Ooh, for you, Britt.
1: Great, I'm ready. Really? Yeah.
0: I I, I know you're not going to get the answer to this, oh, okay. but. But uh, so it's not a real pop quiz or it's maybe it is but it's not fair to Okay. But what do American forefathers George Washington, John Adams, John Hancock, Samuel Adams and Benjamin Harrison all have in common?
1: They all lived in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania.
0: No, but that's that's a mighty effort. I appreciate that. <laughs> no. They have all stayed at the sun in in bethlehem pennsylvania which Mm. is a moravian town i don't know if you know much about the moravians no they're like a germanic group of immigrants that came over to the united states and moravians are it's like a a christian denomination essentially but and they're pretty chill like i i've some friends. It's still a practiced religion, and there is a Moravian University in the town oh. of Bethlehem, Univers- in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and the, um, yeah, the Moravians are very chill, All right. a very accepting group. Cool. Uh, I I dig them, but the town of Bethlehem is a Christmas city. In fact, they decorate really, really nicely in during the season. It's really worth checking out. It's only about an hour and a half from New York City so you can go check it out and I lived there I lived right on the main street which is a great place to live on I was two doors down from a cigar shop and two doors down from a brewery and right across the street from the historic Sun Inn
1: that's like your heaven right there
0: yeah ghost cigars beer all sorts of good stuff and so John Adams, our third president, actually described the Sun Inn as the best inn I ever saw, Whoa. which is a good Revolutionary War era Yelp review the right
1: there. The did see.
0: Right. <laughs> You've got to work on your John Adams impression. <laughs> but so, yeah, so it's situated in historic downtown Bethlehem. That's how that's how the they, locals they call it. Bethlehem? Bethlehem, yeah. Got it. Well, that's a little interesting pronunciations. Anyhow, so the Sun Inn hosted the Continental Congress and the Six Nations Confederation, and they have se- it has seen battles between colonists and the British and with indigenous Americans. It was built in 1758 by the Moravians, and it was actually known even in colonial times for its excellent food. Hey. And during its time... The Sun Inn was at the northern edge of town in this Moravian settlement. So what that meant is when people would come from all directions, they when they would come into the area, this would be sort of the welcome site. Sort of like, oh, alas, we're here. It was known throughout the American colonies, actually. And it was known for its fine food, its wine, its good service. And since it was an inn it was known for being a pretty comfortable place to crash as well. Hence the reason a lot of our forefathers Mm. would hang out there. There's also like a little bit of a mystery because there were stories of these underground tunnels and chambers that were underneath this. And I have actually spent some time in some of these tunnels. Now, some of them are of varying degrees of historic, uh, that maybe not all of them go back to colonial times, but it was said that there were these tunnels set up to escape these native american attacks that they would that they would endure and i mean uh, endure, I been ins- they
1: probably initiated them
0: probably and <laughs> i i did i have spent some time in some of those tunnels it was pretty cool so yeah so the original inn was built in 1758 when it was initially built it was a 66 by 40 foot structure it was a two-story stone building. And then in eighteen twenty six a third story was added on and then they had seventeen new rooms and mm-hmm. then in eighteen sixty-six it was again enlarged and it was interesting, it was almost like in, it totally hid the original in. Were you just oh. at something?
1: Yeah, oh. the word enlarged.
0: Uh, enlarged?
1: Makes me think of the spammy emails you get.
0: Oh. Really? My not child. in biggin? I could have said in biggin. That's not
1: and a word.
0: It sure is. Ew. I'm a word. Yeah. And it was added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1978. And that's the date that's going to come back into play in okay, a Okay, remember it. Yeah, 1978. So, during the Revolutionary War, the Moravian Inn was still in operation, and it would actually provide food and support to the American soldiers, or what would become the American soldiers, the militia. Mm-hmm. And... It became a refuge for some of Washington's, George Washington's medical headquarters. And it became a place for his soldiers that were wounded to get treated and also for his soldiers to regroup and store some of their supplies. And they also gave shelter to people that were fleeing some of the battles, including the Battle of Brandywine, which was in Philadelphia. And one of the people was the Marquis de Lafayette.
1: Oh. Was one of the people
0: that was wounded and took shelter there.
1: Loved him in Hamilton.
0: Yeah. Was he in Hamilton?
1: Yeah.
0: I don't remember The Marquis that. de
1: Lafayette? Yeah.
0: Did he have a song?
1: Yeah, he does have a song. And they, um. he
0: him... we won't so sing we here won't so we don't sing, get sued by I Disney. Think
1: him and Hamilton have a line that's like, immigrants get things done.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. All right, well, there you go. So, the... And also, kind of interesting, at one point, there was, behind the Sun Inn, the Moravian Sun Inn, there was, like, 900 wagons full of supplies for Washington's Whoa. army that, at one point, was parked there. That feels so, okay, there's that. like
1: the other people could have bombed it. Just saying. Yeah,
0: well, not... Probably like not a lot militia of... militia planning. Not as much bombing taking place in the Revolutionary War, <laughs> but... There was not so many uh, aerial attacks taking place. <laughs> I so. date
1: a military man, and suddenly I think I'm a war expert.
0: <laughs> right. So also, there was a time in 1792. There was I mentioned the the, the confederation, the Six Nations confederations. Well, there was 51 Native American chiefs and warriors and representatives of all of these six nations that spent the night at the sun end in 1792 and they were on their way to meet george washington in philly mm. and then on the way back they returned to sign this peace treaty which was said to end the unrest amongst the indigenous people in the area and they were given the same hospitality and kindness that all guests were to receive well. That's the official history. Who you know what actually yeah, right. went down? But so the Battle of Brandywine. I mentioned that a moment ago. That was actually a battle where Washington was defeated, and a lot of the army, they, like I said, they ended up going and staying at the end. At the end, there was also not really contributed to. It's an interesting bit of history, but there's the Fries Rebellion. I don't know if it's Fries or Freeze. I think it's maybe... I have no idea. Maybe freeze. But in 1792, there was this tax revolt. The Pennsylvania Dutch people, the farmers, had this tax revolt against the the American government and tried to rise up, and then they were kind of squashed. But Mm. then they were pardoned. Everybody that was involved in it was pardoned just to keep the peace. But so... A lot of history going back to Revolutionary War era, colonial times, and because of all this history around this landmark, the inn is reported to have some guests that never check out
1: even after their death. This is what we came here for.
0: This is not the history. Screw history. That's no fun. (laughs) Who wants to learn about history? Blah! (laughs) American history and the founding of our nation. Whitewashed
1: patriarchy history.
0: Right. So <laughs> after 250 years of history more than paranormal researchers have gone there lives become a pretty popular spot amongst the paranormal investigators and a lot of people located in the northeast and like I said I lived right across the street from it so there are historical records of people who have died at the end and there is supposedly a person that died in 1897 that they believe is still haunting the location. Now, this is one of those weird things where it's hard to pin it down, but supposedly there is a figure in a white apron that looks uh, that looks dressed in sort of that period attire of the late 1800s mm. and appears in a white apron as a spectral figure that has been seen there. There's a legend of a Moravian who hid a treasure in a secret room at the end, which has not been founded, found. Found has not been found, and supposedly his ghost continues to stalk the area, guarding his stash. Oh my
1: god! It's like Forest Fen.
0: It is, although his his treasure was found. His treasure was not, found, and he is not haunting anywhere. Yeah, so, but it's exactly like that. Otherwise. <laughs> So in the basement. So these are some places that I've been to. I've I've held events there, actually. And I've investigated there. Even though I'm not an investigator, I've investigated there. And I've held paranormal events there. And some of the things that have been talked about, which is kind of weird, and I can almost say I've experienced this. So in the basement, there is said to be this energy vortex that affects electronic equipment mm. and disorients people. and. I will say the basement's a weird place. There is a weird energy down there. I don't know if it's an energy vortex. I'm not really someone that leaps to the vortex idea, but there is a weird energy down there. And I will say that it messed with a lot of equipment. There could be Mm. a perfectly reasonable explanation, which I was not able to find, but I'm typically always looking for that and I couldn't quite Mm. figure it out. There is a full-bodied apparition that is said to have been seen guarding the entrance to what they believe is this tunnel system. And I can say in my time there that some of the people that I was with reported seeing a shadow figure. And on the first floor, since there's multiple floors, the first floor, there has been seen a figure sitting in a chair next to the fireplace and i don't know about that one but uh when i was there there was what appeared to be a thermal image captured in that area Mm. that looked almost humanoid in shape also in the first floor there was a group a paranormal group that was conducting an evp session and they said that they recorded 15 voices in the same evp session same audio recording and that this was like during half an hour worth of time and that it sounded like there was a party going on in the dining room with a lot of these different voices wow amongst those amongst those voices however there have been a lot of clear evp that's coming out of this this place and things saying we're watching you The names of people have been passed along. And there's also... So what kind of made this place famous for the ghost stories was a photo that was captured in a window that allegedly shows a face of a woman. And that woman is believed to be the Sun End Preservation Association founder Hewetta Bender. Hmm. Now, in the 1970s, 1971, the city of Bethlehem wanted to tear down this historic building. And Hewetta stepped in and formed this preservation association, and she really dedicated herself to saving this historic site, and she was able to save the end and it continues to operate to this day, and she was part of the restoration process that began in 1979. And in June of 1982, the Sun Inn, which had fallen into disrepair before Hewetta stepped in, 1982, it was dedicated and reopened. And to lived until 1995, when she died at the age of 89. So. In January 2009, there was this photo captured of this woman, and her face was kind of peering out the window, and she appears to have gray hair and glasses, and the then owner of the building, or who was, who was a member, who was the owner of the building and was leading the Sun and Preservation Association, Association at the time, Bucky Soborski, he saw this photo and automatically said, that's Huetta. Oh. And, and so she is perhaps the most famous spirit that is said to haunt, and, and a relatively new spirit, considering the yeah. couple hundred year history of the place. Now, there's also, on the second floor of this building, there's disembodied voices, there's footsteps that are heard, there's strange light anomalies, and then some say apparitions of uniformed soldiers In that period of clothing Mm. and in the attic which i find really creepy i've spent some time up there and people claim to see shadow figures and this feeling of being watched and reported uh, being watched have been reported but interestingly so ghost hunters in 2011 investigated this location and they said they picked up an EVP of a little girl giggling in the attic and detected thermal, thermal hotspots in the attic, which they said looked like a little girl Creepy. sitting down. But why would there have been and, children
1: there if it was like a war?
0: Well, it was also an inn.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Deborah. right.
0: And, and, you know, then there's just the you know, why would ghosts be anywhere? Maybe who knows what draws something to an area or if it's even a child. That's, that's the kind of thing that I'm always very skeptical when yeah. people try to pin it down and say a child, because really, when you think about it, it's like, well, we don't know exactly if it's a child. It we don't a know exactly what voice man could have been, or, you know, could have been, could be some sort of other.
1: Yeah. Entity. A demon. But
0: Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I don't really like going to the demon thing, but, but so, yeah, I will say that during my time there, it. Having a reputation and then have, of, of hauntings and then doing a couple different events there, and spending a lot of time there. It's not a scary place, mm-hmm. but you definitely find yourself in certain locations where you feel like it's there weird. is something going on, you do feel a little bit watched. and I actually was talking to my buddy Frank about this when we were prepping for this episode. And uh, Frank, a.k.a. Dr. Specter, for anyone that knows him out there, he was remembering that he felt like he did experience some sort of vortex in the basement. Again, I don't really get into vortex, but he was saying that.
1: What does it mean to experience a vortex?
0: It's, It's like an energy suck. Okay. And it feels just like something's askew. Like reality is somewhat askew. And then he said that he seems to remember in during this investigation that we had there. Someone someone also got a a EVP that sounded like a little girl. Mm. And then he distinctly remembers light play on the top floor. Uh, Another person that joined me for this particular one was Brian Kano. Brian Kano. And he's a buddy of mine. We he's on. Uh. Paranormal caught on camera, as well as he's been on Haunted Collector. He's doing History of the Paranormal Traveling Museum Show, and he was with me for that one. And he was in the attic, and I recall that he was getting some pretty clear EVP, and there was some interesting shadow stuff taking place up there mm. when he was there. So, so it's even though people have clearly died there, it's not always a clear cut. This happened and then this ghost occurred aside from Huetta, which I find to be the most interesting one because clearly she had some sort of emotional and attachment to this location. So it would sort of make sense that if she loved this building so much and helped restore it and helped and preserve it, maybe she would continue to stick around there. Definitely. So that's a little bit more of a upbeat story for the Christmas city of Bethlehem. Nice one to
1: wrap with.
0: Yeah. Well, before we wrap, I feel like we need this is this is bonus content, yeah, baby. We gotta We're, address. We yes, we have to address the monolith in the room—not literally <laughs> in my room or my room. I don't have ten-foot-high ceilings, but
1: is let's, it? Oh, let's yeah, talk
0: it monolith. 10. Yeah. So the monolith. You know about this? I, you knew about this before we were talking about it. Yes,
1: right? I've been watching. Yeah, it's a ten foot. It's in California, Utah, and Romania.
0: Well, at least so. Okay. So it and it first appeared in Utah that we know of, a ten foot high structure that was found on November eighteenth. Who knows how long it was there for. Yeah. It was found in a remote part of the Utah desert on December or November 18th. And it was discovered when a helicopter crew was flying over this part of the desert and they saw this structure. Do you want to do you know what they were doing when they were when they spotted it?
1: Oh, my God. What were they doing?
0: Counting sheep. (laughs) That really I'm sure that really breaks up the day, you know. (laughs) You must be falling asleep at the wheel. And then the, the like controls
1: glares in their face.
0: Yeah. It's like one sheep, two sheep. Oh, man, I lost count. <laughs> one sheep, two sheep. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then monolith. <laughs> so, So it was there, yeah. And then in Romania was where it appeared. Well, where people noticed it next in the... It was a Romanian forest, which is an archaeological landmark called the uh, Petrodova Dacian Fortress. There you go. Dacian Dacian Fortress. I just like saying Petrodova. <laughs> so they found that one there. And then the there was a couple in California. Which ones did you, did you find in your it's, stories?
1: Uh, near... Is it near San Luis Obispo?
0: Yeah. So there's two that looks like they had found there. Okay. There was... So there was one on this California mountaintop. And there was... So there's two in...
1: Pine Mountain.
0: Yeah. The... uh, I forget the name of the mountain, but yeah, it was on a mountain. And one of them, though, was debunked pretty clearly. These metal workers... Admitted that they had put that one up. Mm-hmm. They said they were just having a bit of a fun.
1: I love to then, have a bit of a fun.
0: A bit of a fun. And the there was another one that appeared and then vanished. So they don't really know what happened to that one. It was up there. And that was, I think, the Atascadero yes. mountain region. And... There was another one in San Clarita, California.
1: Hmm.
0: Although that one looked pretty cheapo, it
1: did look cheap to me too. But like a the budget one. People removed the one in Utah too, though.
0: Yeah. Within so, but we don't know who. Ex- well, actually, we do know. We who, do know it was it, uh, yeah.
1: climbers. Because I mean, I get this. They're like leave no yeah. trace is like very much the mentality of people who are outdoorsy. Do you want to hear what I think it is?
0: Well, wait, we got more to get oh, through okay, here. Okay. There's more more happening. So, but the the I think that's worth mentioning the guys in Utah. It was like 9 days later this was removed and the whole story of its removal is pretty creepy because there was a drone operator taking photos of it and at night and then discovered these guys in the area, dismantling it, knocking it over and dismantling it and loading it up into wheelbarrows. Oh. And that was the Utah one. And he didn't want to approach them because he didn't know what the deal was. But it, we later find out who these guys are. Do you have the breakdown of, of these sportsmen? No. They, well, you got it right. It was this guy named Andy Lewis. And he took credit for the removal, the one in Utah, at least. And he said in a statement to the New York Times that the group and his buddies, his sports buddies, took upon themselves to destroy the sculpture to protect the area, not only from the incursion of a silvery sculpture, which I imagine might mess with, I don't know, natural habitat, but also gawkers, because he was afraid that the land wasn't prepared for the population shift of all those people Mm. trudging into that part of the desert.
1: Yeah, I get that.
0: So the, so there's that. And then uh, let's backtrack. So that one was removed. The one, one of the ones in California also was different for a notable reason. Most of these are just these typically 10 foot tall structure, One of the ones in California had a symbol on the top of it, and it was a red UFO beaming up a person and also had the word caution on it. Did you hear about that? No. I guess that... But that that, that... goes
1: with my theory.
0: Okay. Okay. Lay it on me, because we have more... There's more monoliths out there.
1: Well, I think that someone is recreating Space Odyssey, and they are doing this for marketing.
0: You mean remaking the movie? Yeah. The Kubrick movie?
1: Yeah. That's what I think. Because there was the monolith in that. It was shaped different, but...
0: You mean... Wouldn't that also involve a bunch of monkeys dancing around it and pounding on the ground?
1: Yes, but that's they, harder to do. They didn't
0: have they didn't have monkey budget. No, they, they didn't, didn't have monkey, have monkey budget.
1: These things got to be expensive. So I think I think it's marketing. Well, <laughs> Aaron disagrees with me, but he's I, trying to find a polite way to say it. Everybody.
0: Well. Well, so, OK, there's also there was supposedly one and seen in the Netherlands as well this past weekend. We're recording this on December 8th. And then the newest one was just reported in England, in the Isle of Wight in England. It was uh, on Compton Beach, southwest coast of Isle of Wight. So they're getting around if that's the case. This but this is I've thought about movie marketing. I've thought about viral marketing. And a lot, we've seen a lot of that kind of thing in the past.
1: Yeah. The clowns. And the, Say again? The clowns. Wasn't that for it? People that were like walking around in clowns.
0: That wasn't part of the clown frenzy from a couple of oh, years okay. ago. But there are there are these viral marketing things. I Probably one of the best ones, if you ever want to look it up, is for The Dark Knight. They did a lot of. Harvey Dent, I believe in Harvey Dent stuff, which was mm. pretty fun, pretty cool. But this is why I don't think it's movie marketing this time. Or publicity publicity scheme. I don't think it is because the industry has yet to really ramp up and there's not something to really put money behind and promote during covid-19 and i don't think these i don't think there's a lot of publicity budgets being being spent right now you know the it's such a weird time for the industry
1: true do you think it's an artist
0: well that is certainly that's certainly where the theories are kind of leaning into did you read about this guy
1: um i know banksy has come out saying he's not part of it
0: yeah, this that would seem pretty... That, that's not his just, thing. That's not Banksy's thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, I talk like I know Banksy. I do know someone who knows Banksy, actually. Oh. Yeah, um, but I don't know Banksy. We've never hung out. Or maybe we have.
1: <gasps> maybe you have and you don't know.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's me. Should, maybe it's you. I should just start asking everyone, are you Banksy? Just to get that <laughs> out of the way. They're not going to say. Hey, nice to meet you. Are you Banksy? They're not Maybe say. if you put him on the spot and you ask directly. Uh, 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 no. Maybe they're just like, I was waiting for someone just to ask me outright. <laughs> Britt, are you Banksy? No. No. Cool. I noticed you didn't ask me.
1: You're not Banksy, though.
0: I like that you do not give me credit for <laughs> being...
1: Out of the I two of it, be... I would be more likely to be Banksy than you would. How so? Because I'm more artsy.
0: Damn. I don't know how I feel about that.
1: When was the last if time I... you did art?
0: When was the last time you did art?
1: I'm literally doing art while we're recording this right now.
0: Oh, that's that really shows an active <laughs> participation in this podcast. <laughs> you're not Banksy, but you're being a little bit of a dick.
1: I'm not being a dick. <laughs> Listen, the holidays are around the corner. My family expects crafts.
0: Well... So I'm not Banksy for the record. I would be maybe not artistically inclined enough to be Banksy, but I would be. I mean, I could create a stencil, I guess, but I certainly would have the travel schedule in most years to be Banksy.
1: That's true. That's true.
0: And I always felt like my weird job always lent itself well to being a spy. Like I could be because it's like just a good cover. Yeah. And you're very
1: secretive.
0: Not very secretive. I'm just private. (laughs) Anyhow, well, the artist theory is a popular one. There's this Santa Fe based artist art collective, I should say, and it goes by the most famous artist. So, you know, very humble, clearly. The most famous artist art collective had previously advertised a 10 foot structure for sale on its website for $45,000 that was monolithic. And it is now marked as sold, which might, oh. I think, is still potentially part of the scheme. Yeah. It, a good way to flag themselves. Yeah. So now they quoted, uh, they came out and said, their spokesperson, I can say we are well known for stunts of this nature, and at this time we are offering authentic art objects through a monolith as a service i cannot issue additional images at this time but i can promise more on this in the coming days and weeks which just sounds like annoyingly mysterious yeah. like oh okay can't can't comment on that and then they went on to say to mashable this was what better way to end up this effed up year than let the world briefly think aliens made contact True. only to be disappointed that it's just the most famous artist playing tricks again?
1: Or and is it aliens and they pulled these out from the hidden corners of Mars and we've just made this podcast come full circle.
0: Right. Maybe. They if that's the case. I would like that. I would like that better than the most famous artist, which I actually think is probably the case. Cause yeah,
1: I think it is too. These
0: guys, they previously they were the ones that changed the Hollywood sign to say Hollyweed, uh, and then they also painted an entire Los Angeles block pink. Oh, it's the totally past. these people. So this is definitely part of their shtick. But so I don't think it's aliens, and I think it's most likely this group of probably stones artist collectives that really uh, it's good. They went viral, I guess with this thing, but just their whole attitude doesn't really impress me much, but that what does impress, impress me, me. much? Right. I know that song. I understood that reference as Captain America would say. So the one thing that I does impress me that I do love out of all this is the the people such as Grandpa Joe's Candy Shop in Pittsburgh and Grandpa Joe's Candy Shop in Pittsburgh on December 6th put up their own monolith.
1: Did you hear that?
0: Monolith. I did.
1: That was my that. stomach.
0: Well, it's coming to life.
1: I'm starving.
0: Well, I'm wrapping it up. Is that your <laughs> not so subtle way of saying we were talking monoliths? <laughs> This is a long episode too but wait let me wrap it up okay. with grandpa Joe's candy shop in Pet- Pittsburgh grandpa Joe's candy shop in Pittsburgh in the strip district they created their own monolith and they placed it outside and right away I got to give the credits owner because they uh, the owners credit because they put it up and it started to go viral but right away they said this is us we created this we put this out here and really, our hope is it's really cool that it's going viral, but we also want to draw attention to small business owners such as ourselves out there. And sadly, it was stolen. But then what did they do? They just replaced it. They made another one. So Grandpa Joe's Candy Shop, I think, is the real hero.
1: Good for them. This. this is cute. Shop small businesses.
0: Yeah. So I don't think it's I don't think it's aliens, sadly, but if it were, it would be great if they were kind of just they were sort of gaslighting us in the way of yeah you guys you humans are not ready for the inter- for the galactic federation sorry you're not ready but we're going to just put a little monolith here and a little <laughs> monolith here and a little monolith there or maybe they're just constructing giant scaffolding over the earth as just like a big kind of interplanetary construction zone yeah. saying pardon earth's dust they're they're under renovation. They're they're not ready for business yet. So maybe like it's a warning to the rest of the aliens War out there. Or of the
1: worlds, maybe this is like where the tripods are buried under.
0: Maybe. That could be it as well. So have we
1: looked under the monoliths?
0: Uh, I think the Utah one they did oh, it okay. was planted in there. So they I don't know how deep they looked, but so. Okay, well that's a little bit of our, our monolith the
1: longest episode we've ever recorded
0: that's not really a good way to like gin up support for people and be like how about this <laughs> leave is a, you us know, this a
1: five-star review was exciting
0: this was long but it was exciting we Enjoy. covered a lot of ground yeah i feel like we should embrace the fact that we had a lot of content for people out there yes and it does help us gain visibility And kind of move up the charts if you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts and, you know, wherever you're listening to this, that's great. But leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and nice rating, five stars, gets us up the ranks. It's helpful stuff. And then we can keep doing this. Yeah. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day.